Jupiter's Real asks, I crave hugs at night. I'm in a relationship, but we don't live together because we are both minors. But at night, I always crave just hugging her and her being there. And it's not that we live far apart that we can't see each other. Another thing with our relationship is that it's a WLW, women loving women relationship. And we both aren't out, so we have to hide it. Mm. Nearly every night I crave hugging her or I wake up in the middle of the night, like right now, and crave just hugging and spooning with her. I don't know how to find a replacement, and it really sucks. <sighs> that does really suck, Jupiter is real. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're missing your girl, and you can't have her when you really feel like you want that comfort. Yeah. So what you can do in these moments, you might already be doing this, is look forward to the next time that you can hug her and when you are in those moments really enjoy that and try and um, notice details to hold on to whenever you're unable to do it and you're like like right now waking up wishing you could hug her yeah details like how does the back of her neck smell if you were to be spooning her from Mm -hmm. behind or Um, what would it feel like to have her against your stomach or your legs? Just, yeah, those, those little sensory things, you can almost sort of take a snapshot while you're in them, remembering and recording it so that you can look back on it and really try to kind of like feel it, you know, through all five senses, touch, smell, taste, sight, sound. Mm Mm-hmm. See if you can encode different memories in each of those um, domains and see if that helps it to be more vivid. That could create maybe an even greater sense of missing her if she's not there and you're revisiting these these sensory experiences. Um, One thing that I do when I feel lonely and I'm I'm craving physical touch. And again, this (laughs) this could exacerbate your sense of being alone. But, you know, sometimes I'll kind of gently caress my own hand or massage my neck or, um, you know, put my hand in my lap, rub my stomach, see what you can seek out as far as self-touch and what's comforting to you. I recommend getting a body pillow and hugging that. You can hug it with your arms and your legs. Mm -hmm. It's about as long as a person is. Um, Yeah. And then you can think about her while you're hugging the pillow. You could even whisper her name if you like that. <laughs> really, <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, another thing that I love um, is exchange a piece of clothing with her. Mm. And you know, like a sweatshirt is obviously a, a popular one because um, then it'll have their smell. And if you guys are seeing each other regularly, you can keep trading them back and forth. So the fr- the scent stays kind of fresh and still smells like her and you're it's something a sweatshirt or a sweater is great because it's something that you put on and it's around you and it kind of feels like a hug and it's warm and cozy and it smells like them. Now, if you're worried about uh, that giving away your relationship, you could both pick a very popular uh, type of sweatshirt, something that you can wear in bed um, reasonably and buy the same one so that nobody notices oh, that's yeah. you're sleeping with her friends. <laughs> Just if that's a, a yeah. concern of... Um, You've got spying parents or somebody who, you know, a sibling that might find that out and use that as evidence. Um, Yeah. You could do that, get matching articles of clothing and trade them once you've uh, 
worn rubbed them on your skin a lot. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would recommend, which you know isn't quite the same, but I, I've been in a few long distance relationships, and um, one thing that helps me is to FaceTime them as you're going to bed, sort of like you're tucking each other in. Um, and you can even sort of lie, <laughs> lie down and have the phone or the, the laptop kind of be open as if they were lying next to you, um, you know, put, put it down on the pillow and you can even fall asleep that way. Um, it doesn't help when you wake up, but I think it kind of, it, to me, at least it puts me in that mode of like, I'm relaxed because someone else is here when I'm like winding down. Mm-hmm. I've done it with friends too. Um, it's also good. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend that to anyone. <laughs> um, maybe my last advice that I can produce right now is just having a definite plan of a, a date when you know that you're going to be able to see each other again. And then you can count down how long is that? How many days and hours is that? And uh, you can take joy and be like, oh, it's only three days now. And yesterday it was four days. It's getting closer. Yeah. Um, I have another thing that came to me. What? Uh getting them to record you like a bedtime message, mm. just a little audio note. And then that's something that you can also play um, when you're going to bed or get them to record something that's specifically for, okay, so you woke up in the middle of the night and you're missing me. And like, here's my voice. And I'm, you know, here's something you can think about to go back to sleep and you can do this for each other. Um, again, to just kind of create that sense of their energy being there, something that you can mm-hmm. hold on to or listen to or look at. Um when you're having that feeling of missing them. Also, you can wrap yourself into a little ball and squeeze really, really tight and, you know, with your your arms around your knees and mm. just imagine that they're kind of like scooping you up and um, surround yourself with blankets. So just feel totally kind of surrounded and covered. I think that's a really nice sensation. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, while this may be painful, it might help to remember that it won't last forever. Yeah. Um, this is one way or another you won't uh, be tormented in this way forever this yeah you'll either gain more access to the person and then it'll become more commonplace so i think it's inevitable that you one day look back on this with a, a wistful nostalgia of ah oh, remember when that was really really important to me mhm i cared so much so try to just like soak in that feeling yeah. Yeah. And uh, perhaps also be grateful that you have someone in your life mm-hmm. that is in this role for you right now, even if you can't be with them at this exact moment. Yeah. All, All right. right. Free advice. 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 Would you like free advice? Free advice. Free advice. All right, everybody, welcome back to Free Advice, episode ow, number 62, ow, yeah. ow, as we say. <laughs> I do seem to always say that. Ow, ow. Uh, Morgan, exactly how did your assignment go? Do tell me you remembered to do it. <laughs> Not even a chance. What was the assignment? <laughs> the assignment was you're going to complain to your rabbits whenever you needed to complain about them. Oh, yeah. You know, I have talked to them a lot, but I, I don't know if I've really complained. I kind of like talk shit to them sometimes or just to, to myself like i didn't yeah to i didn't do the assignment i didn't do the assignment i didn't do my homework i'm so sorry 
Okay. Well, I forget. <laughs> I didn't do it either. I thought about doing it, though, and I want Sick. partial credit. That's amazing. Because, yeah, I didn't even remember that there was an assignment. So, mm. applause for you. When I felt like I had things to complain about, I didn't yeah. want to do the silly action of telling my plant about them. Mm. What What got, like, what thought came up to counter that? You were like, I should complain to this plant. And then fucking you were like, stupid. This is fucking no. stupid. No. <laughs> yeah. That's silly. It's, it's kind yeah. of a complaint. Yeah. I suppose I could complain about committing to the exercise (laughs) all right that'll be my challenge for this next week yeah and yours too so you better remember to do it i'm gonna i will try i will try in all likelihood (laughs) i'll forget again but (laughs) i will try not to okay um matter of business number two how are you doing right now I'm doing pretty well. I um I know I don't think it was last week. I think it was two weeks ago, maybe yeah. a couple weeks ago. I was asking you for advice about dealing with my Monday morning anxiety. Oh yeah. And I remember now. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to I want to report on that homework assignment that I gave yeah. myself that wasn't an assignment at all. But I've been doing a lot better with that. And I think that I owe that to a continued pursuit of just practicing like what how do I meet my anxiety in the morning and what do I channel it into um I th- I'm sure getting back on antidepressants is also helping me to 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 make that anxiety less like at the forefront of everything um but some in some combination me refining my practices for meeting my anxiety with compassion and and feeling into it and breathing with it um, and adjusting medication has resulted very positively for me. And today, I really feel like this is a very different kind of Monday than like the last eight Mondays or so mm-hmm. have, have felt. So I'm patting myself, patting myself on the back for that one. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Oh, great. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, woke up and was like, oh, fuck, I'm too tired. I just want to get back in bed. I did do it. I set an alarm for like an hour later. Uh-huh. But then like a minute or two later, I got out of bed, put on my running shoes, went for a jog. And Amazing. then I took a cold bath, which I've never done before. I've, I've talked a lot about cold showers. Yes. <laughs> but this time I submerged myself in a cold bath, which is, I think, scarier. Because you don't have any parts of your body that are safe when you're under there. And it feels like it's just gripping you and like uh, smushing you. Everything's condensing and I'm breathing really fast. But then when I got out, as you might expect, I felt great. (laughs) And I decided, okay, I haven't meditated yet. I'm going to meditate just on what's the feeling in my body right now? What is this warmth from within? And that was nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'll try that again. Um, And I'm hot again now because it's (laughs) hot in this room. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. how I'm Mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. I'd like to give uh, an update from some of our questioners. Last week, we got a little bit of feedback. Fuck yeah. I love when we get here. feedback from you guys. Me too. Me too. It makes it feel like it's really we're really doing it and people are actually hearing it. Yeah. Like it's a real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Almost feels legit. <laughs> Just a few more pieces of feedback from you guys and then we'll feel validated. Yeah. It's, it's becoming worth It's all worth it. All the blood, sweat, and tears. All right. I'm excited to hear it. Mm-hmm. So- we got um, Hunter Suck, who okay. last week 
told us they got a laptop for making the honor roll twice, but felt like they didn't deserve it. Yes. Um, yes. I love that question. We gave our, we shared our analogous experiences and yeah. our thought processes and moments like that. Hunter sucks said, I just listened to your advice and it definitely helped. You understood my thought process perfectly. Thank you so much with an exclamation mark. Booyah. Great. I love that. I'm yeah. really glad that they especially bothered to say like that we understood what they were thinking. And cause I think, I think sometimes <clears throat> like being on the receiving end of advice can feel, I don't know, a little bit patronizing or just not that helpful if you don't really feel like the person who's giving you advice actually understands mm -hmm. what you're saying and really is like with you and what you're feeling. Sometimes it feels like they're like, giving themselves advice that you don't actually need to hear. Or you don't feel right. Like it doesn't feel accredited because yeah. it's like, okay, but you're not, you're not addressing the fact or you don't, you don't seem to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what, what I'm going through. So that means a lot. Thank you, Hunter suck. Yeah. Appreciate it. And then we got, Night Vision without the first eye, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who um, posted the question sex addiction last week. Yeah. And uh, they said, what an amazing podcast. Ooh. I listened keenly to what you said as far as finding a substitute task to alter present feeling. I'll have to work on it because I'm used to getting distracted and instead mm. of being productive. Mm. It's a bit of a challenge because of what's going on right now, but I'll work on it. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> As the days go by, I feel like it's my self-control that needs more rebuilding. Mm. I also agree with changing my reward system to a more mature setting that benefits me in the long run. Again, thanks for the advice. You've definitely earned a subscriber. Woo yeah. Night Vision, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I love... Um, I love how you are responding to what we're saying and kind of trying to figure out, okay, how does this actually fit in for me? And what are the areas of growth that I, where I need to keep looking at this? And, and I love that you use the word rebuilding your self-control. Cause I think people think about it, about motivation or something as, as this very like black and white thing that either like exists or it doesn't, or like willpower, it exists or it doesn't. I have it, I don't. And I, I love that you're setting yourself up for that gradual accumulation yeah. of self-control and recognizing that, okay, it's something I need to pay more attention to. It's something that I need to, um, you know, a muscle that I need to start gaining some strength mm -hmm. in and you're not acting like it's completely impossible. The reason most people don't improve at things is failure to set the bar low enough and disqualifying incremental steps towards a goal. And, yeah. um, I loved that you, uh, gave yourself the the qualifier of uh, things are difficult right now and it, it might yes. be harder to retrain yourself in this moment. Um, the more that you share that with other people and, and see that that's a, a common experience, I think that, that everybody needs to cut themselves a bit of slack right now. My therapy sessions feel like half of it is just my therapist telling me how poorly everybody else is doing and how, <laughs> how like... <laughs> Actually, you seem like you're doing okay compared to. Let me tell you, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. So. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Like, I will um, get when I'm by myself and I only have my own sort of hyper perfectionistic standards to compare my actions to. It's all bad news. But then when I get back out into the real world and I talk to other people about what they're going through and what they're experiencing, it, it helps me really return to, to earth mm -hmm. a little bit in my expectations for myself and 
reminding myself that there's this super anxiety inducing pandemic going on and that's in a vacuum a base layer of anxiety but then so many of what we do to cope and feel connected to other people is stripped away so it's just this this double double dicking (laughs) (laughs) double dicking you don't just have one dick slapping you in the face. Oh. You've got two dicks slapping you in the face. It's the a double triggered. Dick. There goes night vision. <laughs> Turning off the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, night vision. I tried to tell her to keep it PG thirteen, but <sighs> well, not when you're being double dicked by a pandemic. <laughs> a pandemic. There, there opens up a new tab right now. Sorry, night vision. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for that feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, yes. It just it means the world to know that. Um, you hear what we're doing and you're implementing our suggestions. Yeah. It makes it worthwhile. Yeah. I hope to uh, hear from you again. Yeah. You can always write us your questions at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. Okay. That's the end of our feedback from previous weeks. I love it. I love that segment. It's good. It's growing. (laughs) (laughs) Spiraling out of control. Um, (laughs) Do you, it's fine if you don't Uh need any advice personally today. Or one any? <sighs> anything small, anything large? That is such a good question and loaded. It's never anything small with me. I feel Have like you ever put hydrogen peroxide in your ears? Uh, Probably. Yeah, I think so. It's a great feeling. I just did that for the first time. <laughs> I was going to recommend that. <laughs> like pop my rocks. Pro- my, problem is, my problem is missing my ex and uh, your solution is going to be putting, <laughs> putting hydrogen peroxide you. in my ear. <laughs> will distract me um yeah no i i don't know i'm always dealing with a swath of like large inter and intra personal mm-hmm. kind of challenges um but I, i'm feeling pretty good at the moment good so long story cut completely short by my own desire to not really go there okay i'll ask do you have any Ooh, calls for advice turning for the me? tables Rip. Whoop. Um, you know, um, something in my bathroom, I think it's the bath mat is getting too wet and then Uh, it smells. Yeah, 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 yeah. You smelled this in the bathroom? Your bathroom specifically? No, but I know of this issue. Yeah. Do I have to take the bath mat outside into the sunshine? There's no natural windows in my bathroom. Is it washable? Is it machine washable? I wouldn't do that. There's like a rubber grippy shit on the bottom. It's kind of peeling. I think that would come all over everything. Okay. So... Baseline recommendation, yeah, you could take it outside, um, but also just get in the habit of hanging it up after you get out of the shower and it's wet. Mm, on the shower time. door? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. So that it's always not just sitting on the just floor. face level then, though, going to make it even smellier for me being up by my nose. That's where I detect Okay, so sound. find a place out of the way to hang it that's still I'm relatively I'm just complaining. Convenient. It's going to be on the door. That's the only spot. Okay. Okay. Um, one more thing I wanted to tell you is yeah. I look at my neighbor's packages in the lobby yeah. sort of just to learn their names and see who's getting lots of things, <laughs> what sizes they are, what floor these names are on. <laughs> Building the world's most useless t- mental library. <laughs> yeah. But I, I read what what's going I to read. whom. <laughs> so long story short, I read. I read in the lobby. Um, today Not I had a neighbor. so much, but, you know, other people's packages. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so that's not even the that's not the whole story. That's just <laughs> oh, there's set up. more. Today, I'm sorry, I'm I'm oh, yeah, I wouldn't just so say much. I might just say that, but no, you're doing great. So one of my neighbors got a package from a place called Cumtown. Ooh, C U M? 
C U M space T O W N. No, it's not like couldn't be anything else. Yeah. So I googled it. It's a Sacks of Com. It's a very successful podcast. It's the sixth <laughs> highest paid Patreon podcast. And um, it's like a crude humor, offbeat stuff. Kind of like, you know, maybe our our lane. Oh, okay. But um, less meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think they're... Fuck you, come town. They're We're not more helping meaningful. people in the same way that we are. They it's a different the, show. The charitable... It's a different uh, show. Yeah. So Okay, so what are they doing? I think, okay, you know um, the dude from All Real Monsters yeah. who holds his eyeballs above his head? Crumb. Yeah. So I think. Th- th- I, I went to their website this morning and they're selling a, a t-shirt of, let's call him Crumb, sure, where um, those eyes are balls and it's wow. a stretched ball sack and then there's like a, a dick wow. nose <laughs> that's hidden by the stretched out ball sack, but it's clearly the same character. It, it's really like a... A design challenge, I think, to make him resemble that character just as much, but still be able to clearly see that, okay, those are little balls in a ball sack, and the, the sack is stretched over the outline of a penis. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, what was That's the question? That's a t-shirt. What was the question? Or what was the... Um, where were we I wanted to tell you that? about Come Down. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you did. Yeah. Um, do you think that we should create merch... That is equally crude, I or some just any shock kind of value. It does guarantee some kind of an audience. Like mm. I was surprised because I thought like every um, like sex toy company always advertises that it's very discreet packaging, <laughs> and this just said very clearly, "Come town on the yeah on the thing." I don't think their discretion is their top priority. It sounds like no, and no. it's kind of like a. I suppose a treat for the person ordering the stuff. I wonder if they have an option that you can turn off. It's interesting that you say audience because in this scenario, <laughs> there's only an audience for this package because you're reading your neighbor's mail. I'm not, I'm not opening anything. Right. I'm right, not. Right. I'm just looking. It. I'm checking to see if it's mail for me, first right, of all. Right. Because I course. don't know if there's a, a three-week delayed Amazon package that I forgot about full of just like a pencil sharpener or something. that From Cumptown. From, well, I have to look at the label to figure out if it's for me. And then right. once I'm there, I might as well. I just read a photographic memory. First, I've got oh. a lot of skills that automatically happen in my brain where... If the word come town is printed on a package that I'm examining for my name, You're gonna see it. I'll notice that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> if a package says come town, I'm going to see that it says come town. Oh my God. Have you called the newspaper? I should, I should, <laughs> I should put a memo pad up in the lobby while the package is still there. Hey guys, read who this package is from. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> look, look before he picks it up. <laughs> yeah i love it yeah. i love it there was that i remember that time around christmas maybe where one of your neighbors because i also I, i'm making fun of you but i also look too. at the packages in your lobby <laughs> it's just set up that way you don't yeah have little nooks separate for each yeah it's all right there but i remember there was a specific note posted above the mailboxes that said that their child sneakers had been stolen or something like that oh. package. It was like a Christmas gift yeah, for them. Yeah, I remember that. And then, and then they were just like bitching out this <clears throat> anonymous thief. I wonder mm-hmm. if that anonymous thief read that note and took any action, or maybe the package was just stolen or something. I don't, I don't know. I could, 
put up a question. I bet the person who put that note would mm. love a seven month follow up. Hey, did you ever get those kids' shoes back? <laughs> just I, I wasn't involved in any way. I'm just curious if justice was ever served. Like, yeah. did you buy new ones? Yeah. Is the kid barefoot still? What happened? <laughs> was Christmas like ruined? That. Yeah. Yeah. How does I, that compare to no... the events of this year? Right. Do you look back at that and laugh? <laughs> I wonder if um, just taking that action, if there if there were no suspects, would really put you as the like the number one suspect <laughs> at this point. Perhaps I don't yeah. need to sign it. I can right. I can write anonymous. Just curious neighbor. Mm-hmm. Curious and compassionate neighbor. Loving neighbor. Loving neighbor. Mm. <laughs> what? I don't know. Loving neighbor just without a f- warm face attached to it seems a little. I could draw a smiley. Okay, and a heart maybe. If you are writing, here's, I've stumbled into some advice. I can't wait. Say that I want to um, write somebody a smiley emoticon. Okay. Do I keep its orientation um, like I would type it with the uh, colon and the close parentheses? Or do I, since I have control over the pen, <laughs> do I shift everything to a more realistic, you know, head on perspective of the eyes above the mouth? Yeah, that's. Hmm. I think it depends on if you're trying to kind of adopt the aesthetic of a text message versus. Are people more comfortable with that? Should I follow up question? Should I adopt the aesthetic of a text message? Younger audiences maybe would prefer (laughs) the sideways face and older audiences. Perhaps I keep it upright. I don't think so. I think that emojis are such a thing now and those are upright that I think most people would now associate a regular smiley face with like an emoji with like a type it doesn't auto people still use colon parentheses for smiles though right yeah that's still pretty common yeah yeah i think that weirdly um in more like professional emails i will do the typed out colon smiley face yeah um sometimes if i want to seem if i want to be like low effort in a flirtatious text message i'll do that but usually I just use emojis. Okay. Even when you're playing it cool. You type yeah, it out. I'm right like, there. I'm lo-fi. <laughs> hmm. Cool. Yeah. Or the winky face. Never the never the dash for the nose. That is not hot. That's not sexy. <laughs> never. <laughs> I like uh, X, capital D, for squinting and a big teeth showing smile. Yeah. To me, that has a very, like, lead singer vibe. Like, they're uh, like, ah! I always thought it was them just cracking up. Yeah. It's just intense. It's just an intense expression. Should we get another question? Let's go to Papa Cat One. Papa Cat One. Things I can do while I save up for therapy. I struggle with insecurity, dependency, self-doubt, confidence, and severe anxiety. I can't afford therapy yet, but I'm saving up for it. In the meantime, does anyone know of any worksheets, drills, exercises, cognitive practices, etc. that I could do daily to help myself become more confident? I want to get better and I'm ready to change, but I don't know how to do it. I'm willing to put in the work. I just need pointed in a direction. (laughs) Haha. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Papa Cat. Mm -hmm. So I think two very basic starter practices to start uh just listening to yourself on a deeper level and gaining some more control perhaps or at least uh awareness of yourself and your thought patterns and your habits are going to be number 1 meditating mm-hmm. and number 2 
journaling. Um, speaking from personal experience, I know that it's no one ever wants to be recommended to meditate. Like, I'll say that flat out. However, <laughs> it is one of the most beneficial things that you can do. And it's you need nothing to accomplish it. Um, and people lots of times throw out excuses like, you know, I don't have time or I can't sit still, whatever. So start where you are. Spend two minutes just sitting, breathing, and returning your focus to your breath every time you notice you're on a train of thought. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a failure to uh, be thinking about something else. It's a right. success when you notice and bring it back to the breath. It's like a, a repetition of a bicep curl is how I always think of that. Yes, exactly. And the goal of that is to um, continually refocus the mind in the way that where you want to on, on what you want to shine the spotlight on. Um, because when we are, our minds, uh, when we're not doing a task, settle into what's called the default mode network, um, which is a, a network of circuitry that is just often is thinking about, well, what, what did I do in the past? What am I going to do in the future? It's not present. And it's often when Having we find imaginary a lot of our, conversations with mm -hmm. people that mm -hmm. we drift, we drift into these, the, to, into the default mode network when we're not doing a task. And it's been shown that, that that creates dissatisfaction. So the more practice you get, the more muscle reps, the more time you spend um, just continuing, continually making that switch back to whatever you're trying to focus on. Um, number one, you're going to feel a sense of like mastery over your, your, your domain, your mental domain. And number two, um, you're going to uh, be able to not switch into that default mode network more and more throughout the day. You're going to bring that, that practice of mindfulness is going to carry over into the rest of what you do. And you're going to feel better because your, your attention is going to be where you're trying to place it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second one is journaling because one thing that we do with our thoughts is perpetually think them in cycles over and over and over again. And to interrupt that process and to get a, a viewpoint of more objectivity on them and to really be able to study them and trace them and put them outside of yourself is so critical to understanding them better and then ultimately changing your behavior around it. Mm -hmm. I think um, you can grow your confidence by doing anything that you think is challenging that you've resisted doing in the past. Yes. Something that you've put off for years, you've never gotten started on, anything, and I, I realize your, limit, your options might be limited right now by the pandemic, um, but say that there's a topic that you wanted to learn about, something that you wanted to try, just taking those first steps towards it, I think will increase your confidence and experiencing some type of um, acceptance or understanding from another person. Um, Talking to a friend, just uh, trying sharing something new with a person that you uh, you trust um, could be great. Uh, listing things that you like about other people can get you to uh, get in the practice about that for yourself. Um, listing things that you enjoy, just things that make you happy in the real world, I think will improve your mood. Um, and you can play that game with other people like, hey, let's try and list how many things, as many things as you love as you can in a minute 
and then I'll repeat them back to you. It sounds very simple, but whenever I've done that, people are happy and then they keep thinking that way throughout the rest of the day. They're reminded of things that they really enjoy and they focus more on those positive things. And um, yeah, I think that will help your mood. I want to caution um, putting too much weight on the idea of the therapist will make things better and like that's when change can happen. So I think it's great that you're asking this question. There's a lot that you can do in the meantime. Um, you might find when you start therapy that it's not uh, magical or they're saying things mm. that just other people have said or that you could have read in a book or you've thought yourself anyway. Um, I think a, a lot of the value of therapy for me is just having a consistent individual who um, accepts and like doesn't criticize me, doesn't... Um, reject me or uh, let me down in any way or, or ask something of me besides the money that was agreed upon at the beginning. <laughs> um, so just, I wanted to give that disclaimer, know that going into it. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I have, um, I agree. I agree that you shouldn't go into really anything expecting, Oh, this is going to be my silver bullet and I should hold off on doing anything myself until I can, get this other thing. Mm -hmm. But I also, I also do think therapy has a real magic to it. There is something to me magical about that relationship. And I think that similar to what you said, what makes it so effective is just having that unconditional positive regard, um, which is a really empowering and touching and moving you know, dynamic to allow mm -hmm. yourself to, to be exposed to. Um, and I think it is about sharing it with someone else and not kind of just hiding in your muck and allowing, allowing things that maybe you wouldn't have, you wouldn't say to friends, or maybe you're not even, you're kind of even hiding from yourself to just be aired with someone who, you know, is going to hold it, hold space for you to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and not have the reaction of someone who might be more tied into your personal life. Um, the other thing that I want to say is a lot of the suggestions that we just made may seem pretty simple or uncomplicated or like unofficial. And I know what you've asked for is m more kind of formal like exercises and this and that as you're, as you're listening, and maybe I'm I'm projecting that you have this reaction, but I think it's really important to not similarly to to not putting all of the expectations on the therapist, to not make it so that the work has to be so complicated and you have to you, you don't need fancy tools or fancy exercises to just practice being with yourself and going to those new places and exploring new facets of yourself. You really will get there by just trying to trying to be quiet and noticing the resistance that comes up or trying to self-express and notice that the resist the resistance that comes up. Mm -hmm. So I think that opening up the space for that dialogue will be a really good preamble for dialoguing with your therapist. Um, that being said, there are so many amazing resources on the internet for if you have specific questions, things that you're working on, want guidance on, um, 
not that I want my answer to this question to be go Google it. Mm. <laughs> That's not our job. Um, but I think try those simple practices that we recommended and, and see where you have resistance. See where you get distracted. See where your mind wanders and start to notice patterns um, and and open yourself up to vulnerable conversations with people and notice what's scary about that and what emotions come into play when you are trying to talk to someone about this particular thing that happened to you and trying to cultivate an attitude of delighted curiosity as those little facets surface, um, mm-hmm. I think is a really good approach as well. I have, um, if you want something concrete, uh, which could just be fun or um, be a, a way to pass the time right now is if you want to move in this direction. Um, I've found that how much you believe in the efficacy of a exercise is probably more important than the actual exercise Yeah. in a lot of cases. And I've enjoyed feeling like I have some secret advantage. Like I'm trying this, <laughs> I'm trying a new diet. I'm trying like, like cold showering every day, uh, microdosing psilocybin, some like thing like that, that, uh, gives me like a trick that other people, mm. never, you know, don't know about this thing. Um, I think, uh, one book that's full of these is Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. He breaks down like an ideal, you know, a, a bunch of life hacks, how to wake up in the morning, the best way to eat breakfast, the best way to get yourself like into a mood to work, uh, when to exercise, when to things like that. And you can um, implement all of those tools. And then if you want the more um, gooey, therapist-y, like um, <laughs> less, the more... <laughs> The uh, less concrete side, there's a book called uh, Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships, which I uh, think can get you to examine a lot of your history of um, grievance and things that upset you and where that might come from and um, when you feel feel loved and can help you uh, gain some insights if you're looking at the more analytical and less action-oriented side of, of therapy. Uh, I recommend that book. Um yeah, I'll post both of those in the description for you. Amazing. Yeah, I think that you're on a great track and I love that you're being so proactive about it. I love that you're working towards um, being able to afford a tool that I think is going to be really helpful. And one other thing I want to say is if you start this therapeutic relationship and you know it, it ends up not being what you thought it would be, do search to find the right therapist. Do put the Mm -hmm. time in to make sure that the person that you are confiding in and you're starting to build this relationship with is actually really helping you because every therapist is different. It is kind of more of an art than a science and you're going to have different relationships with different people. It's going to bring out different things in you. It's going to make you feel more or less comfortable opening up and really finding the right person is so important ultimately to the the pace and the efficacy of the treatment. Um, if you don't have that much selection, fine, make the best out of it. But I want you to put your hard earned money somewhere that's really going to be beneficial for yeah. you. So don't settle for a therapist that sucks. So many people settle for therapists that suck. Uh, you deserve better. You deserve the right fit. 
<laughs> this may seem um, unprofessional or, or juvenile way of looking at it, but I think you should pick a therapist that you think something about them is cool. Like, <laughs> like that you yeah, that yeah, you admire something yeah. about them yeah. and uh, can identify with, or your just your your gut reaction isn't like to judge them negatively, like oh what a bozo, what a just what <laughs> an old some, fart, yeah, what, or, yeah, or weirdo, whatever you yeah. think. Um, yeah, find somebody like oh that's cool, somebody that you admire something about them. It doesn't you don't have to want their exact life, yeah, but um, just somebody that you yeah look for that. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. Should we do one more? Yeah, let's do another question, why don't we? Several more, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I've got time. I've got time for the advisees. Okay. What do you, you want to do, Max Carney, one, two, threes? I don't know which one that is. Well, you're about to find out. Okay. Max Carney, one, two, three, says... I had sex with a girl. Great. I was hoping it was this one. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, Max Carney. Max Carney123 said, I had sex with a girl, and it was her first time, and I don't think she enjoyed it. I feel like I used her when before I asked her a hundred times if she was okay with it, and she said yes, but I still feel like I used her. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for writing this question. It It's a really vulnerable space to be in, to be reflecting on a, a, a sexual experience mm -hmm. and not really being sure what happened, feeling a sense of maybe inadequacy, wondering if you've hurt someone. It's a really, it's a really difficult sort of self analytical space. So thank you for writing this question. Um, I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> All right. Maybe this is the last question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I think from a cons consent standpoint, you did the right thing. You made sure at different points in the interaction that is this still okay? Is this still a hundred okay? times? A hundred times. Okay with it. So perhaps even too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you've, you've checked, you've crossed your T's and I's and, you're good. You're good. At that point, getting verbal consent again and again and again, it's up to her to decide to participate. So I, I want I want you to feel a little bit freed from a sense of guilt or inadequacy in that department. Because it's just, there's no, I have no reason to believe that you took advantage of her. Right. Um, that all being said, I think it's super normal and maybe maybe you can validate this um i think it's super normal to be worried about your performance after a sexual experience of any kind i mean let alone if, if one or the other person has never done it before um you know i've i've been having sex for years and i <laughs> you know i still get self-conscious and um it's it's less and less every time and it's something that you exploring it with a new person is always opening up a whole new world of like, what can this be like? Because every new person has a completely different sort of composite energy with you. And when you're having sex with someone for the first time, it can be really challenging to figure out where do we mesh? What do we connect on? What feels good for her? What feels good for me? It was um, her first time with anyone, right. not just with him. Right, right. Um, 
so just I'm just trying to normalize that like virgin experience or not for either party there's a lot of things to think about it yeah she may not have enjoyed it and that might not be your fault or your responsibility it might not have been something that you could have done different or would have known to do differently mm-hmm. and um I want to caution against um, putting an unpleasant experience in the same bucket as a a non-consensual experience or one that you need to feel guilt about. Um, Sometimes you hang out with a friend and it's not that you go to somebody's party and it's not that fun. (laughs) That's different from kidnapping, you know? (laughs) um, You're allowed to be, um, you clearly care. Uh, and and so if you were someone who didn't care, I might like try and encourage you to care more, but, um, you're allowed to be an an unpleasant experience for somebody and that doesn't ruin you or, um, make you a bad person or, or bad in all other ways with them or, or that all future experiences will be unpleasant. Totally. And I think that we here at Free Advice, yes. thankfully, have a lot of uh, helpful tips for what can you do going forward. Yes. Not just as far as c- communicating with her, but as far as future sexual experiences. Um, so I think the biggest thing, yeah, the biggest thing I want to impress upon you is communication being key. Um I don't know what your the nature of your relationship with this person is, if it's ongoing, you know, if you guys are close or not that close. Um, But if it is the kind of situation where you're going to interact with her again, sexually or not, you can communicate this feeling to her. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know, I've been reflecting on our experience together and I just wanted to know what was it like for you? And and this is kind of the feeling I was left with. And I wanted to see where you were at with Mm -hmm. it. Um, and then if there's a door open for future sexual contact, I think we always advocate for the outside of the bedroom conversations before getting into the bedroom, mm-hmm. meaning talking about what you like ahead of time so that you can, once you're in that kind of, once you're in kind of sex mode or, you know, that, that like sexy dynamic, you're not worrying about, well, I don't even know if she likes to be spanked or I don't even know how she likes her clit licked, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so having conversations ahead of time where you really dissect where when emotions aren't so high about it, because you're not in the middle of performing and trying to be like, oh, God, is this OK? And opening up to put yourself up to potentially feeling harmed by a criticism. How does she like to be touched? Does she like things to be slower, softer, rougher, faster, harder? What areas of her body does she like to be touched? Um, and working your way from, you know, gentle touching to kissing to, you know, deeper and deeper kinds of interactions to then, you know, then how am I interacting with her vulva? How am I, you know, using my penis? Like what kinds of penetration? There's so many avenues to go down. Uh, Another great one is to um, ask her about her masturbation style. What does she do to get herself off or ask again, this is all making a lot of assumptions. She may not masturbate. She, She might not have these answers yet. 
she might not have these answers, um, but maybe it would be a turn on for both of you for her to masturbate in front of you and you could watch how does she touch herself? How can I emulate those movements? Uh, every woman is so different and it's not like, okay, you just learn how to use the equipment and then you translate that onto copy and paste every single sexual partner that you have. Uh, everyone is so different and, and part of what's really scary but also potentially really fun and interesting is trying to figure out okay how does this one work what am i gonna do that's gonna how does this one how does this hair machine work don't say um, that out loud no don't say that out loud. turn the encounter don't 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 treat it like an object i'm just doing this kind of humorously yeah. um but figuring out what is going to get her off and She's going to feel more comfortable and more safe with you. Speaking speaking from my personal experience, I feel more comfortable and more safe with a partner who ahead of time tells me they really care about pleasuring me and they want to know, they want to be corrected. They want to know what feels good, what doesn't interrupt me. It's fine. Da, da, da. I just want to, you know, I want to mm -hmm. know what feels good for you. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable inevitably having to tell them like, please be super slow and delicate on my clit because it's extremely sensitive and then fuck the shit out of me later. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot to consider in this conversation. And maybe if you guys don't have that kind of relationship or she doesn't have as much sexual experience or you don't have as much sexual, ex sexual experience, it might not be that comfortable to have, but the more that you can stretch into having those uncomfortable conversations, the more rewarding your sex is going to be. Um, coming from the perspective of a guy who has uh, been uh, more conversational or more communicative than some people want, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you invite to those conversations. Uh, it might be a barrage of questions that's overwhelming for her. Mm -hmm. it, I'm imagining this could be a person who has shame about having sexual feelings, experiencing some sexual pleasure, and that might have... Um, reduced their enjoyment of that whole experience and talking about it could be more threatening than um, something that's done in the dark with the lights off and um, doesn't have to be spoken about. Sometimes forming words about something is more threatening than getting naked for some people. Mm. Um, so you can ask, um, are there uh, things that you're uncomfortable with? Are there... Uh, things that you liked. And I think starting by saying something that you like about them and um, not treating this uh, entirely as like a, we're trying to fix my guilt about this, but like um, yeah. saying something that a compliment or something pleasant, like that you're happy that you get to be close to them or that you get to see them again um, can set the stage for them, for her to be more comfortable in uh, sharing these uh, preferences, ex I expect this to be a difficult conversation and for her to not know the answer. And then um, if you can, with a low sense of urgency, ask uh, when she doesn't have an answer to something, would you like to find out? Do you want to experiment? Go in with that like, like a, a playful attitude. The, the less goal-oriented you are of uh, dick needs to go in pussy and I have to come. I think the better an experience it'll be. Um, so yeah, go in with that explorer's mindset. Right. Right. Not be, not be looking for the 
golden whatever. Just, you know, you're not going for the orgasm like it's the golden. only meaningful byproduct of having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but genuinely communicating, as Rob said, like you're just happy to be there with them and to explore and to find out what feels good. I used, I remember when I was younger, just feeling a tremendous amount of pressure to perform and have an orgasm during sex. And that was so uh, intimidating and clearly not a turn on. Um, And it made it very hard for me to get to a stage where I wasn't so in my head and where I could actually just sort of lie back and enjoy things. Did you Um, know that about yourself as it was happening and feel like you could communicate it to partners? Did I know it? Perhaps. Could I communicate it? No. I really struggled with that. I'm still kind of closing the last gaps on things that are hard for me to communicate during sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the, the way that the partner approaches me makes all the difference in that, too. Um, again, that's why I said, like, trying to... It doesn't even necessarily have to be we're going to sit down, we're going to have this big formal dialogue about what you do or don't like sexually, but just making a statement to her that in some way communicates that she can trust you to su- support her mm-hmm. um, and you know that you're not going to get butt hurt if you're doing something to her and she says, can you do it like that? Which, you know, you can't necessarily control, but you can be aware of how difficult it might be for someone to communicate that and try to just go, oh, okay, wow, this person really wants us to, wants wants to help me help her receive pleasure yeah, and find you, a beauty in that. You can interpret a request as a, a sign of acceptance that this person is comfortable enough with you Absolutely. that they are are making requests and believe that you can handle that. Um, they're trying rather than like getting through the experience, which might be your concern that they're just tolerating it. Yes. And try to greet that expression with like, Ooh, yeah. Like that turns me on or that, that, that helps me to be even more mm-hmm. like invested in this process rather than being like, roll your eyes and complain. Like it's, t- it's how long it takes her to come, whatever, whatever right. I had an experience like that. And it, yeah, it's a huge it's a huge setback because it really make it really makes you feel like you can't trust your partner is like doing things because they want to versus they're just trying to reach some end goal. Mm-hmm. It's and for for women you have to really be like relaxed and be able to let go enough of your like internal dialogue to focus on the sensations that are happening to you, to allow them to build, to trust that it's not going to be painful. Um, Because if you're clenching against something that hurts and or thinking in your head like, fuck, like this doesn't really feel good. Do I look like I'm responding like I'm in pain or do I like you're so far away from just what is the sensation in my pussy right now that you're. Um, you know, you're, ta- you're taking steps backwards instead of forwards into well, what does this feel like in my body? Um, it's yeah, it's complicated. It's yeah. really complicated. It, it's your position is complicated. Hers is too in different ways. 
And I think the best thing that you can do is just let her know that you care about her experience or show that by the the conversations that you have. Um, And there may be, you may be a lesson for her in um, something that she doesn't want and that doesn't make you a bad person or it it, it might just be that the way that um, her story has progressed up to this point, the way that her parents talked about sex or didn't, or the stories that she's seen, the one time that she saw a movie with a sex scene in it and the reaction her friend had, all of that has led her to a um, tricky place that she doesn't totally understand and um, she maybe is interested, in it, but it can be a struggle for a while. Yeah. And I think that like, a, another like a general thing that I want to say to mm-hmm. really anyone, um, but especially penetrators, <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> is listen and watch, watch how her body moves and pay attention to, to breathing in particular. Pay attention to breathing. Pay attention to the facial expression. See, see if what you're doing makes her come towards you or pull back. Um, and adjust and okay see what see what response that creates try not to let it get you flustered but just maintaining i think one of the like to me most exciting and like deeply kind of sexy aspects of um i don't know not just sex but any kind of like romantic chemistry mm-hmm. is just doing the dance of are they present with me are they mirroring me are they attuned to me and seeing how what I do impacts what they do impacts what I do and, and mm-hmm. vice versa. That someone is just live in it with you having experience, not having sex with themselves while their head is like somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good check. I mean, sort of it's sort of the mindfulness practice we talked about earlier of like just coming back to I'm having sex right now and I'm with this other person and I'm focused on us in this moment. And I am connected. Like, oh, it's just the most beautiful thing. I want to fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I would like to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I just want that. Just talking about this experience, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want that. I, yeah. I want that. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to say to pay attention to the height of her shoulders like mm. shrug your shoulders up to your ears right now and feel the difference tense yeah compared to lowering them as much as possible relax that's uh, if you're wondering what specifically it means when people say like read the woman's body that's an important one yeah does she look afraid does she look like an animal defending itself <laughs> <laughs> or is she like lost in the pleasure and it might not be possible for her to get lost in the pleasure right now. And that doesn't <laughs> I'm speaking generally. I'm, yeah, that yeah. might be something that Morgan has worked up to and you might not expect from this person if they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got anything else to say about that? Take. Um, enjoy. Enjoy the little moments of success as you continue to take steps towards becoming a better lover and maintaining more connection with your partner. Yes. Don't expect uh, to be a Casanova overnight. Right. This is messy. And even uh, I believe the best male lovers are uh, 
not 100% of the time. Like they still have unpleasant right. experiences. Even people who are very well practiced yes. have uh, their our bodies don't always cooperate or we misread each other. We miscommunicate. Um, sex doesn't sex and all the conversations leading up to it don't have to be perfect to be acceptable or um, for it to ever be good again. Yeah. And have patience with mm-hmm. yourself and patience for the feeling that you have right now that you feel like you used her and you feel bad about that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Even if that, even if we all acknowledge rationally, that's not what happened. It's okay to feel that way. So be patient with that. Think about the things that we've said and reflect on how you might implement some of that or um, just know that you will get better. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for this question. Yeah. Um, Please yeah. let us know if you if you are able to, what the situation is. If you're able to talk to her, if you're not, mm-hmm. what, what things are you confused about still? What might you need guidance on how to exactly say? Um, yeah, we, we just... We love helping our advisees. Yeah. Thank you, Max Carney. One, two, three. All right. That's all we got time for today. Hopefully Amazing. we get some feedback from these folks next week. I and love it. Tell you about it. I love it. All right, everyone. Keep, keep it up. <laughs> keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Things are hard right now. Mm-hmm. Things are weird. Things are fucked. It'll change though. It'll change. It'll change. It'll change. And you will too. Good night. Good night. It'll change and you will too.